Hey, Tony. So um, I'm really excited to talk about Scroll Back Saturday. Yeah, it's something that we've talked about it for a while about revisiting some of our favorite podcasts and guests. Yeah, and um, it's it's just a great opportunity to uh, again to revisit those guests as well as on some of our favorite topics that we've done. Yeah, so a lot of times people just get caught up with the current episodes. This way, they get a chance to listen to uh, some of our favorites, <laughs> some 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 pre me and you, right? <laughs> they'll, they'll see how horrible we are and how exactly. <laughs> Don't judge us on Saturdays. How we're not as bad, but still bad. <laughs> so, so silly. All right, man. So so listen, it's Scroll Back Saturday, and uh, I, we hope you enjoy this episode. This episode is brought to you by Shopify. Forget the frustration of picking commerce platforms when you switch your business to Shopify, the global commerce platform that supercharges your selling wherever you sell. With Shopify, you'll harness the same intuitive features, trusted apps, and powerful analytics used by the world's leading brands. Sign up today for your $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash tech, all lowercase. That's shopify.com slash tech. Hi, everybody. This is Jen Plank. Oh, my gosh. I could, like, spend all day talking about uh, Michael Cole. I this, this man is truly an icon and a legend, and he continues to just be a game changer, you know, even today. And the thing that's cool about Michael Cole is I can remember a long, long time ago, I was a really young stylist, and there was another girl, and she started right at the same time I did. We both got our chairs. And uh, Michael Cole came to our salon and he taught a business class. And I was like, whatever. And, but this girl was like, well, I'm going to lock in. And at our salon, you could like lock in at a higher commission level. Like you had to produce so much money per a month and then you would like lock in and reach this level. And this girl and I, it was like on, she was like, you know, I'm going to lock before you. And I was like, no, you're not. I'm going to lock before you. And Michael Cole came and we both bought those jump journals and started writing stuff down. And literally, we both locked within six months and we broke the history of the company. It was the fastest anybody had ever locked in and we tied. And it was like Michael Cole had come and just lit a fire into two young hairdressers that was just like a game changer right out of the gate. I mean, right out of the gate, it was, we were shown what we could be. Now, you know, over the years, a few things have happened along the way where I may have had a selective memory loss here and there on a few tips and taken the high road a couple of times. However, I will say this, Michael Cole to me is like what Vidal Sassoon was to us as a stylist. Michael Cole is like the Vidal Sassoon of business and beauty. He literally broke the sound barrier for beauty professionals to look at what we do as a business and a career and, and to change the way we behave so that we receive some respect. And it, he's, a, he's iconic. There's no other way to put it. He's iconic. And the cool thing about Michael is, you know, you can still approach him. I can call him. He, a real mentor is in your life from like the beginning to the end. And, you know, whether we're on the road together, he's always got a hog and a high five for, for both me and for Lacey. And, you know, he still is just such a great leader, mentor, and coach for all of us. So, I mean, who better than the feature than Michael Cole? Hey, 
Hey, hey, welcome to your day off. My name is Corey. Of course, I'm sitting next to my buddy, Tony. What's up, Tony? What's up, homie? Nothing, man. So today's kind of the day. Oh, to, uh, man. Yeah, this is uh, the day that, that uh, I've been waiting for since we started this podcast. You know what? You're absolutely correct. I mean, we started it just a few months ago, and um, I never thought we could. You know, what I kind of, I kind of feel like that a giraffe, right? And like I'm this big, long-necked giraffe, and we're kind of pulling off the top of the tree. Like it's like it's like right. the top of the food chain now, and that's uh, that's kind of where we are today. Well, let's see. I, I felt opposite. I felt like the little short giraffe. I, I couldn't quite reach the top of the tree. Now today, I feel like a big giraffe. And no, I, no, that's you know, what I'm saying. Oh, okay. oh, yeah. I kind of feel like we're pulling up the top of the tree, man. Like we're right. like we're pulling the big fruit today. You know, <laughs> that's true. Right. Yeah. The unreachable fruit. I like that's right. It. That's yeah. it's incredible. Right. So, um, I mean, I'm going to get into it, and uh, and uh, I, I like how we play coy. You know what's funny to me is that like, is that we advertise for like weeks about like who's coming on, and then we open up the mics and then we play coy like nobody knows who's our guest today. So right. <laughs> it seems kind of like counterproductive, but you know whatever it, it is what it is. Um, so today we have the legend, the man, the legend. We have Mr. Michael Cole on our 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 our, uh, our show today, and I'm, I'm I'm super excited. We uh, Michael's been an incredible influence to. Uh, I mean, I'm going to say everybody in the industry because even those youngins who haven't quite don't quite know who Michael is yet, they certainly feel um, what Michael's given the uh, the uh, the industry. Oh, and, he's uh, he's changed careers, uh, lives. You know what I mean? Yeah, so many people in, the, in this in, in this industry. Dude, you just gave me the chills. I mean, I literally just thought about that. I mean, he he has changed lives. He's like he's like Mr. Superman, right? He's like he's incredible. Well, we're going to try to find out like a. What uh, if he got bit by a radiated spider, or if uh, he got uh, radiated at some point? You know what made him Superman. So, um, but I mean, kind of before we get into that, um, you know, we, a lot of us know Mr. Cole or Michael Cole as uh, as you know the brand. You know, Michael Cole the brand, or or the little uh, cartoon character that we used to see on the uh, the clamshells and stuff. But you know, today, um, you know, par for course for uh, what we're trying to do is um. Uh, you know, we really want to get to know who the man Michael Cole is and where he comes from and what motivates him and, and um, you yeah, know, what, what creates inspires him. him and just you know, where he came from. And that's cool, though. You know, like he's inspired so many that hopefully we'll get into uh, who's inspiring him now. You want to get into it? Let's do it. Hey, Mr. Michael Cole, thank you for joining us on your day off. Oh, man, listen, I, this better be good after all the bragging you did on me, man. Yeah. <laughs> 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 Thank you for inviting me uh, to be part of the conversation. I just uh, have the highest regard for what you two are doing and pioneering uh, podcasting for hairdressers. Great. Michael, thank you so much. And, um, you know, uh, just a little backstory on Tony and I. Tony and I actually grew up together, went to high school together, and um, we started in the industry just about 30 years ago. And um, we've been inseparable, you know, pretty much ever since high school, but uh, certainly in the in the salon industry. And um, you're a big part of... Uh, of how we've stayed in the industry for 30 years. You know, like Tony said, you've changed so many lives. Um, well, yeah. you want to get right into it? Let's do it. All right, you're up, Tony. All right, Mr. Michael Cole, where are you from? Where did you grow up as a kid? Where, I mean, what, you know? What's your story? Yeah. Well, uh, technically, I was born in Omaha, Nebraska, and uh, grew up extremely impoverished. Uh, lived in uh, South Omaha housing projects from time I could remember, I think in the second grade, we moved to uh, Minneapolis-St. Paul and then, you know, a new housing project. So on, well, <laughs> on welfare most of my life uh, and uh, you struggled, you know, like a lot of people in school um, and uh, didn't get the three R's down. So, you know, I went through the ride and 
hairdressing had my name written all over it. It's an art form, it's an expression. And um, so I've spent most of my life now in uh, Minneapolis-St. Paul. My family uh, of origin is here and it's just been an extraordinary ride, man. So when did, when you got into hair, did you do that like in high school or was it shortly after high school or, or how did that, um, how'd you get into, uh, you know, our world? Yeah, well, I grew up in a, a, a private uh, Catholic parochial. My father and mother figured out how we could get the tuition handled. And, um, and I had no business in those schools. It's just, uh, it actually was uh, later on, uh, diagnosed as uh, dyslexic and uh, had some reading processing uh, difficulties, you know, you know, ADHD stuff. And back in those days, they didn't have those labels. They, they just called you special. And so I just technically, when I graduated from high school, I, I couldn't read or write. Now, by that, I meant that I could read something. But if you said, what did you just read? I, you know, I don't know. Um, gee, you'd need to do an essay on that. Well, I I can write a sentence, but I can't write a paragraph, never mind an essay. So I took the college entrance exam and that did not go well. And, uh, mm -hmm. you know, uh, vocational was a uh, kind of a default for me. So I did a year in the world, just kind of a common laborer, and that didn't go well. And, you know, by, by act, there are no accidents, but I happen to be walking downtown Minneapolis, St. Paul, in May of like 72, 73, big brick building. I saw, you know, a handful of people my age, I think I was 17 or 18 at the time, in front of a building that said uh, Ritter's Beauty College. And I was clueless. I just said, hey, you know, what is this? And then they just started telling me about the ride. It, you know, how long does it take to get a degree? Well, you don't get a degree. You, you know, you do nine months, you take an exam, and then you get a license. Oh, okay. Uh, is there any reading, writing, or arithmetic involved? No, not really. Uh, like, how's it work? Well, you come to school every day, you do an hour in class, and then you kind of go out on the floor, and you take turns when clients come in to, you know, like, do their hair. And then in between, while you're waiting, you it's cool. You can, like, you know, sit in the sun, smoke, drink, cokes, whatever you're thing is, I thought, oh my God, that, that really sounds enjoyable. So I just, on a whim, took the ride, and the rest is history, man. I mean, you blink, and now I'm, you know, 64, and uh, it's been almost 50 years. That's incredible. And you made such an impact in this industry in those 54 years. I know. It's funny, like, you know, through the podcast, we, you know, we, we've been very fortunate to get to talk to a lot of people, and it's amazing how many people kind of like got into this industry, you know, accidentally, you know, almost uh, everybody that we've talked to kind of was like, Oh, I accidentally got in here, you know, and, and, and what an incredible, what an incredible industry, right? I mean, think about how many losers this, <laughs> this industry has saved, right? Well, I, I think <laughs> you know? it's, a, it's a great, you know, it's, it, it's an easy, it used to be a heck of a lot easier to enter it when, you know, tuition was a few hundred dollars. Now, you know, it's the price take could be 20, 25 grand, but yeah, no doubt. But I think there's a difference between getting in and then doing well once you're in. And, you know, you guys, you know, you, you listen to the stories like me every day and, you know, it, somewhere in there, like I didn't come in, I came in, I was messed up. I mean, you know, when you grow up in the inner city, you know, I, I had no social etiquette, uh, you know, and all the attitudes that went with it. So I, I did it. Uh, I didn't do it well before. 
you know, I met, you know, first coaches and mentors and, and then they kind of helped me to unlearn what was keeping me stuck so that I could have a better ride. And I really, frankly, got my soul got touched by that, by that kind of coaching and mentoring. It was one of those deals, you know what, when I grow up, I want to be a coach and mentor. I want to coach hairdressers on how I've been coached because it's not, it's, it revolutionized my income, but it also changed me not only as a hairdresser, but a person. So, you know, that's going on 40 and I'm still, you know, teaching what I'm trying to learn, but I get to watch the effects that the conversations have on people that I coach and mentor. And now I'm, you know, part of coaching and mentoring other coaches on how to do it's right. just been a glorious ride, man. It's amazing. So, so, so let's get into uh, at least the first part of that story. How many, how many years? And I'm going to use, you know, I'm going to whatever. So, how many years did you waste before you uh, this industry found you? I think I had five in. <clears throat> I I met my wife in beauty school, and we were married shortly thereafter. She went to work for a company that really had coaching and mentoring built in. I didn't. Actually, my first. Uh, position as a hairdresser was working for the the guy that founded Aveda, passed away a few years ago, Horst, Horst Rickelbacher, rest his soul. But I I uh, was his assistant and really learned the, the art part of hairdressing. Did well, grew up in his company, but to grow in those companies, you just, to the degree you can do hair, you're going to do well. But, um, you know, the irony was I just, I couldn't, retain clients. I, you know, my mannerisms were such that, uh, as well as I did here, they did, that didn't overcompensate for, you know, all the attitudinal stuff. Meanwhile, my wife is working in the company that I eventually became employed in. And they're back in the seventies. It was really edgy. In addition to technical, their motivation, personal development, attitude, you know, how, how do you communicate to clients? How do you how do you retail? How do you rebook? How do you do referral? And I watched her do three times my income in that five-year window. And then as we started to have a family, that's when it got dicey. It's like, you know, okay, Michael, we, we're not going to be able to make it if we're going to live on your income as we're raising, you know, by then two children. So that's when I met my first coach, which was her boss. And he basically took me under his wing. I think he saw that I could really do great hair from my days at Horst. And in his mind, if, if, if this guy catches on to the other piece, the business side of the art, I'm going to make him an educator. And, and that's what happened. And it just, that was, you know, we all have our definable moments. That mm-hmm. So Michael, did he pick you up? I mean, did he, uh, did, did he pat you on the back or did he shake some sense into you? I mean, what, what did that look like? Or did, did he just believe in you? And is that all you needed? Or did you need a good like uh, slap in the face? Yeah, I, yes to all the above. I mean, you, if you want to be a good student to the degree that you're in crisis, whether it's financial crisis, emotional crisis, social crisis, I was in crisis because eventually if you, you know, if you're, if negativism stays on check, it, it, the time release capsules dissolve and you're going to have situations. So I was in trouble. I think in that five-year window, we were separated three times. So my wife was back there thinking, I picked the runt of the litter here. And she's very close to saying, we're done. And that's when I talked to him. And, you know, you get me talking about that too much. It, it can, I get weepy because 
he was, you know, he had the eyes to see and the ears to hear. An enlightened soul, a good man, a brilliant business uh, man, educator, teacher, coach. Uh, when he passed away in the 90s, I think his net worth was just under 40, 50 million bucks. And, wow. you know, and he started like us, man. I mean, he was like a, a, a hairdresser behind the chair and uh, took me out to coffee told me his story, you know, the how he was, the what happened and how he's like now. And because once upon a time, he was upside down. As he told me his story, the how his life used to be, that was his past, but that was my present. It's like this guy is telling me the way he used to be. He's describing my life now. And then wow. the what happened to him at the time, it, it was happening to me. I just didn't know it. And then when he said, and, you know, fast forward 10, 20 years later, here's how this has changed my life. I didn't know it at the time, but he was giving me a vision of what was possible if I was, you know, ready to change. And then said, you know, how's that sound? And I said, look, man, I'm in. And he says, give me six months of your life and I'll coach you. And if, and, and if it's not working in six, it probably won't. So you can always go back to being what you were being before you met me. And I think he was giving us both an out. <laughs> right, <laughs> and and he said, if you're gonna hang, he, I th he wrote four words on on a napkin. You know, he, he, the only thing I don't bring to the table is willingness. You know, and and willingness, as he said, was just a desire to have a better life than the life you had. And of course, I I, I was like willingness on steroids. And then you know, uh, the, the the second demonstration is believe, a willingness to believe in me, your coach, that I know what I'm doing, a willingness to believe in the ideas that I'm going to give you, a willingness to believe in yourself, that you're capable of doing the ideas. And, and he could tell that I was struggling with that part. I just had, you know, I was an, I was an egomaniac, but I had very low self-esteem. And he said, I'm going to loan you my belief in you un, until you can believe it for yourself. So he's one of these guys that be, believed that in all of us, you know, there's potential. There's the good in me that's yet to be discovered by me. And he said, I know it's there. I'm going to believe it's there. You believe in my belief. And if what happened to me and other people happen to you, it, you're going to catch on and then uh, demonstrate your belief by taking action on these ideas. He called it practice. And he said, if it works, your, your life's going to change. And if it changed, I'd ask you to demonstrate it by back in those days, it was pass it on today. It's pay it forward. And what, what I thought was going to be a six-month ride, you blink, it's one year later. I changed more in that year than probably my entire life. At the time, I was like 24, 25. And, you know, we're celebrating what's happening to me. He, he invites me over to his house for dinner. My wife comes, I come. It's his wife, him, and he's telling his, all of his wife and my wife about the year. And in that process, I just started crying. I just... I'd never been that grateful before. And he came, hugged me, said, keep, you know, keep on booming. And he said, so you're ready to keep the promise. And that was that you would pass it on. And that was my on-ramp to being a business educator. He, he would put, he would hire new people, bring them to my station and say, Michael, this is, you know, this is Corey, Corey, this is Michael, Michael, Corey, this is Corey's first week. Uh, and I'm going to have Corey hang out with you because, and he called it, you've earned the right. You're now walking the talk, showing the no. And then if you were ready, then you, you, you would change. And some are and some aren't. And, you know, that, it, that is what it is. And I started doing that. And that was 1980. Um, and that was my on-ramp and doing this. That's beautiful. 
Um, what a what a wonderful story. That's incredible. Yeah. I mean, that's that's what what an incredible gift, you know. Yeah. And and and, and not only, not the gift of like just giving you know Michael a chance, but also the gift that he gave Michael permission to um to well, I mean, create what ended up being his entire uh you know career story. You know, he gave he gave him permission to to pay it forward, as we say. That's incredible. So, Michael, um, through that year, the growth and, you know, not to get, well, screw it. We'll get it there. How did, um, how did that impact your, uh, your marriage? Cause you said, you know, before that, that the years, uh, the years were tough. So did, um, well, in retrospect, it, it, it saved the marriage because, you know, if you want to, you know, he, he taught me many things, but if you want to have a better marriage, become a better mate. And before that it was, I want to have a better marriage it's almost like I said to my wife, I'm unhappy. You need to change. <laughs> and right, right. It doesn't work. So, you know, better <laughs> on myself than I do on my wife. And, you know, he coached me that. So uh, I, as I changed, it got better. Um, and yeah, you know, I mean, you know, when you hang out with, so we just celebrated our 43rd. So, you know, we've been back a few times, but we've come out on the other side, always better than you know we were before it was our turn to go into the barrel again so um that that, and my family now my children are you know late uh 30 something just decided 40 something so they grew up you know at the shows sleeping underneath product tables as i was you know classes so it changed every fiber in my life so it it, i got a gift with purchase that it not you know i a great educator but my life got better as a result and and there's been there's been coaches and mentors after joe but you always remember the you always remember the first one so even today you know every couple of weeks i go and spend an hour and a half with my you know my mentor my coach and she's professional i give her money and great coaches and mentors they're welcomed intruders they're more than great teachers we we let them in to engage us in conversations that we don't let other people have with us. A, a good coach and mentor, their job is to help me see w- what's next in me that's in my way that I have to see, you know, I'm either going to see it or be it so I can get it out of my way because as we, you know, you get stuff out of our way, we just get better. So, and now I'm, I'm, I'm teaching others the way I continue to be taught. Uh, what a fantastic, uh, thank you for being so transparent and yeah. being so honest with us. I mean, that's, that's amazing. It, it, it's truly amazing. So um, I'm going to jump on here. Yeah. So when I think most people know you for is, you know, obviously, you know, a fantastic business coach and uh, most people probably met you through summit. How was summit conceived? I mean, uh, where did, where did summit that, come that's from? A, that's an int- a very, uh, you know, uh, all all seemingly accidents, really, you know, the universe has got its hands in it. But uh, in 85, I was doing uh, two-day seminars for owners and managers in, in independent salons. And uh, a guy came to one of those seminars, and that man uh, is Randy Kunkel. And at the time, he was a multiple, small independent salon owner, you know, somewhere in the uh, rural areas of Indiana. And uh, he liked a lot with, you know, he sat in two days and heard a lot of stuff and, you know, bought all the tapes and books and went home. And unlike a lot of people that come, sit, listen, buy stuff and leave with the best of intentions, you know, Randy actually like went home, took, you know, took the books out of the bag, cracked the shrink wrap, you know, read the books, listened to the audios and actually began to take action. And uh, his 
businesses got better. He got better. Um, and that's not always the case when people come. And so what Randy's like me, he's an entrepreneur, and he just saw that there was a number of people that would go to those classes and not do what he did. So he started saying to people that were going to my classes, and this was unbeknownst to me, I had no idea this was going on. Hey, listen, I, you know, I, I went to these classes and I went home and did these things. And I know sometimes it's hard to go home and do these things because your staff pushes back or maybe you get you get stuck by yourself. If you'd like for, you know, a couple hundred bucks, I'll come in and help you to actually like implement this. I'll coach you on it. I'll coach your people. So he was the coaching side of Summit long before I met him. And then as he started growing, I started hearing from distributors that I was doing business with, hey, this guy, Randy Kunkel, he's doing this. Are you cool with him? You know, they call it, you know, stealing your stuff. <laughs> it's like, what? It's like, no, I'm not, I'm not a coach. I, you know, I do seminars. And so in 99, I think it was 99, uh, Randy met me at a show and I kind of remembered him and he was telling me just what I told you and he he actually dropped to his knees and he begged me not to sue him and i go <laughs> dude what do you what, get up right and he said um well i just you know it's working and i said listen god bless it's you know it's really cool that you're doing this and i'm in the seminar business you're in the coaching business and if people come to my rooms can be better served by you god bless and and so the next day he called me and he said i've been up all night uh, I just, I get you. The other thing I need to tell you, Michael, is all the people that go to your seminars, when I help them, they do really well. But there's a lot of people that don't go to your seminars that want me to help them. And when I help them, they struggle. I got a hunch that if you and I work together, we did the seminars together, and then we'll kind of promote the coaching. I think that that would work way better than whatever you're doing and whatever I'm doing. And, and he said, you know, I'll even give you a piece of my day fee. And that's how Summit was started. We actually did our first two or three summits in my living room. And at the time, <laughs> I lived on an avenue, Summit Avenue, uh, 1381 Summit. So, you know, that's really where the name came from. Because <laughs> it seems to work. <laughs> uh, distributors like, you know, the, the guy in Chicago, Jim Marshall, and, you know, uh, Ken Maley and Michigan, and all these distributors, they would send their better clients to my house. We'd hang out with them for a couple of days. Uh, as we taught them, we did some one on ones. They signed up for coaching. And, and then Randy said, we got we to gotta call this something. And I said, well, let's just keep it simple. We'll call it the summit because we live on, I live on summit. <laughs> we had no idea that it was going to get where it got. It, 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 and then it started and all of a sudden we can't do it in our house anymore because it got big. So we went and rented a room in a beauty school. And then, you know, it, now people went to the school and you blink. And meanwhile, I've been sponsored by uh, L'Oreal. And I kept telling the time it was Redken, kept telling the, the guy I answered to, look, man, I think. I think we're on to something here. He came to Mini and took a peek at it and said, hey, okay, I want to sponsor this. Uh, I'm going to give you some money to pick up your overhead and blah, blah, blah. And uh, when, when people come, they want to sign up uh, to the degree that they carry our product, we'll, we'll sponsor that. And that's how it, so you, 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 you fast forward, uh, I think that was 2001, 
by 2008-ish, I think Randy and I, I mean, it got big. It like got way big. And, right. uh, you know, money magnifies us. So, you know, the good, the bad, and the ugly. And by then, you know, Randy and I, we suffer <laughs> from narcissism. So we started kind of like, you know, two bulls that kind of would buck heads and we were fighting with each other. And and uh, Redkin saw that, okay, you, you guys are great entrepreneurs, but you suck at, you know, um, organizing a business. That's when Peter Mahoney came into our life and uh, make a long story less long. He, you know, he bought in, some other people bought in. It, it really, Randy and I stepped down as the, we're co-founders, but Peter is the president and there's some other key people, Heather Bagby, Dave Kirby, Glenn Baker, Christy Valenzuela, Gavin, Sell. I mean, it goes on and on and on. And now, mm -hmm. you know, since 2000, what is it, 9, 2010, we, you thought that company now has like 100 coaches, man. And, you know, I, I show up in a room to do a talk. Everybody gives me a standing O and I go, shut up, sit down. Like I just, <laughs> <laughs> I suck at scaling this. I, I just, you know, but I continue to do what I've always done. I love hairdressers. I love salon owners. And they, they let me do this and let me hang out with them and, and, uh, so I'm just, I'm grateful. And, and uh, I think I'm contracted until about uh, 2020. And after that, you know, I just, I've got some other aspirations about some philanthropic work. I, I, I went back to the schools that I graduated from to help kids that are like me to have a better chance. So I, I have a feeling that, you know, 2021, I, I, I really want, I'll, I'll probably be pivoting full time to that. But it's funny, you're, you're going to be pivoting to that. And it's, still coaching still giving back you know yeah. just in a different avenue yeah. that's a, no. yeah, that's amazing <laughs> right right <laughs> <laughs> yeah. well, i have to go to rehab for that i have money issues so we'll we'll have to figure that one out <laughs> coming from michael <laughs> the clamshell king <laughs> michael, that's awesome michael so uh going back to uh like when when peter and glenn baker and all of them first got involved was there an emotional toll on you? I mean, to just give up, here's something that you've created and now you're giving that up? Yeah, yeah. Like, like what was that? What, emotionally, what was that like? Uh, you know, like, you know, how many hours do you have? I mean, it was like, that That was probably one of the most difficult pivots in my life. I think if Randy was here, he would say that. He would say the same. So, you know, to just let go and and trust that it was going to be better. And so... It, it got, it was stable, unstable before it got stable. So, it, it, and, and when I look back at it, I am so grateful that, you know, that old saying, when, when emotions are high, you know, intellect is low. So I, I, I had enough mindfulness to not trust my emotions, to not, to not let my emotional thinking lead me to believe in stuff. So I, I, it was, I had to go back to the, the beginning just a willingness to believe that it was going to, it was going to get better for, it, it was better for everybody because frankly, Randy and I had taken it as far as we could take it and we were getting in everyone's way. How do you keep feeling separated from, from decision-making? You know, because most of us, you know, I kind of react on our, you know what I mean? Oh, okay. Throwing emotions to be able to control it. Yeah. Like I'm going to be very transparent. I, I, you know what I call it my mentor, but it's really, my mentors are as much professional therapists, you know, like I go and, you know, I got to like melt down and my ego is going crazy. And, and, you know, there's, I'm embarrassed, I'm humbled, I'm humiliated. I'm, I'm pissy. I'm resentful. I mean, I'm, I'm feeling all that crap. 
at the same time. And I want to blowtorch anything that moves. And, uh, you know, it's right. called rehab and, and, and you know, counseling. And so I'm grateful because I, I come out of those rooms. I, I go on retreats, spiritual retreats. I have a spiritual mentor. And all those conversations help the beast in the East to just like calm down. And so that I can access enough wisdom and common sense where the, you know, the deeper inner voice, the still small voice says, it's going to be okay. Um, This is, this is way, you know, I got bigger plans for you. So I just, there's been many times I just have, I have faith in my faith and it's working. And if you talk to my partners now, they would say he's less of a pain in the ass now than he's probably ever uh, for a while, I, you know, I was my partner's worst nightmare. That's, that's, that's truth, right? Yeah. yeah that's truth. I think we, I think um, most of us, I think part of the human experience is to, uh, is to kind of process through that, you know, and, and, and as you get older, um, I think a couple of things happen is one is your, um, you just slow down a little bit, right. And, and keep your eye on the big picture and not in, into the emotional picture and not into the emotional moment, I think is what it is, right. It's an emotional moment as opposed to the big picture. And, you know, the big picture is, uh, is much better served. Right. And, um, that, that's incredible, Michael. That's, uh, thanks for, there's, thanks for sharing there's that. another piece of this too, is I mean, you're asking me questions. I don't usually reflect this way, but the other piece of it that I think really saved my butt was as I continue to coach people and watch people that have been coached by my colleagues and my partners, they tell us their story. We're now, a big part of their, you know, how their life was before they came to a summit and what happened at summit. And then they go home and they change. And, you know, I, I just did my 108th interview and it's all about summit people. What, who are you? Like I, I interview them, like you're interviewing me, who in the heck are you and how did you end here? And they tell the story, but that part of what happened to me is then I went to summit. And, and I had my coach and yes, I had a walkout, but these other people came. And then when I introduced, uh, interviewed Summit Stylist, I was on welfare. I was a single mom at 18. And then I went to school on welfare and then I went to work in the salon. It was Summit and this guy showed me the chart and I went there and I'm 24 now and I made a hundred thousand and I'm not on welfare anymore. It's like, holy cow. I mean, this, wow. this really works and so I'm like I now it's like I don't I'm not I want in like I'm it's like a death to us part it's doing more than I ever 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 fathomed it would do and when I say doing more yes it's growing and I think that's wonderful that it's growing but it's really changing the souls and the hearts and the minds of you know the service providers and salon owners and managers and leaders so that village now is around 50,000 people and I just I get to watch people change now. And, and I think in, in retrospect, that's why I stayed and why I'm going to continue to stay. Yeah, it's, I mean, it's great when you, you can see your company grow, but when you see the actual impact it's having on the lives that you're coaching, that's the, to me, the, the true riches, right? The true reward yeah. of something like that. That's amazing. I mean, and, and, you know, Michael's only talking about the people that, um, that, he's been able to uh, talk to or to be able to touch. I mean, think about the, 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 the many's of millions of thousands or many's of thousands of people that, um, that never have the opportunity to kind of sit down with Michael. I mean, it, it's more than just those lives. It, it's, it's lots and lots and lots of lives. Um, 
I know when we first, uh, when I first got into a summit salon, I guess it was like nine years ago now, we were, I was sitting down with a, with a fellow hairdresser and like, do you know how much different our life would be if we found this in year one or year two? And, um, and actually I saw that summit now has a hair school or like I saw one in Tampa, right? Like you guys have a hair school and uh, summit has a hair school in Tampa, which just blows me away. Can you imagine like this being your base? Like, you know, no different, you know, no, nothing else but summit. Right. Year one, you're trained this way. It's incredible. Yeah. You know, and you know, the greatest thing about summit for those that don't know, or for those that are listening that might never have the experience is that, is that summit, you have to earn your way. Right. And it, 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 it teaches such an incredible discipline to, for your day to day, for your day to day life in the salon. You know, there, there's no more like a, like messing off in the back room because that's not helping you. And uh, it, it holds you a hundred percent accountable. And um, you know, in, in this world now, that's what we need. Right. That's incredible. So Michael, like, like you've done some stuff, man. It's pretty crazy. How, um, are you scared or, or, or how do you embrace like risk taking? Yeah, no, I, I, one of the main issues in my life today, you know, Corey is fear. I, I am not, whatever you want to characterize me as being, fearlessness would not be one of the character traits. <laughs> I just very, very, you know, um, uh, fear is an issue. And, you know, I mean, in the name of being transparent, I, you know, in, in my ride, I'm actually, you know, PTSD from all of the, you know, rides. So I struggle with fear, but... I'm around enough extraordinary people that uh, I, I, I have courage. And a lot of the courage I have, I receive from the encouragement of, of people that I have regard for. And to me, courage doesn't mean I'm fearless. Courage just says, look, you know, my heart's being fast. My palms are sweaty. I've got shortness of breath. However, I am not going to let fear stop me from taking the very actions that are triggering my fear. So I, I, I'm able to, you know, Peter Mahoney would call it pushing through fear. I would just, I would call it walking through it, getting through the fear, taking the actions, and then seeing on the other side, A, it didn't kill me. Like, you know, the light at the end of the tunnel might've looked like and felt like there was a train coming my way and I was gonna be annihilated in a nanosecond and it was imminent. But, you know, sooner or later you get on the other side of that and you realize, you know, I do anyway, I'm hallucinating. I'm going to be okay. I took the action and the actions I took yielded a, enough of a result where, okay, I get it. So to the degree, I don't let fear stop me. I'll take, and when I talk about fear, I'm talking about irrational fear. I mean, you know, there, sure. there's times where fear is a, a wonderful thing. It gets you out of trouble, but most of the fears that stop people that we coach are not rational. They're, they're in, irrational. we got a story we're telling ourselves. And, and so I, I've just gotten skillful enough that fear, while I still have it, it doesn't have the hold on me that it did uh, times gone past. I don't know if it was you, Michael, or for somebody from somebody, but a great quote that I heard about fear was that if you're filling in the blanks, then that's fear talking. You know, if, if, if you let the blank, if you let the blanks fill themselves, then that's rational. I love that. Yeah, I, I think I was watching a Seth uh, Godin and uh, what is it? Uh, who's the other guy that, that start with why? Uh, who's that dude? Guy, uh, Simon Sinek. They were doing a And I think I heard I heard something like that. And say that one again, because that was so cool. If you are filling in the blanks, then that's fear talking. Yeah. 
And if, if, if you let the blanks fill in themselves, then that's the truth. Yeah. I, that's a great one. Wonderful. That's a good one. Um, what we were talking about earlier, you know, as, as you know, the, our, our, our live paths, you know, open up or, or, or work themselves out. And um, I, I think you kind of mentioned it, but um, I think as we, you know, live this life, our pattern recognition gets a lot better. And, and for me, that pattern recognition means uh, exactly that. Hey, listen, my palms have been sweaty before and I've been, look, we're quoting Eminem, right? <laughs> Isn't that your lose yourself song? We're quoting Eminem. But, um, you know, I think it's about the pattern recognition. You know, we've done this. So, you know, until you've done it, you don't have the skills or you don't have the, uh, the, the mindset to, to push through it. So, you know, unfortunately, you have to push through it to get there, right? And you have to push through it so you know next time to push through it. It's such a weird kind of like catch-22, right? Oh, yeah. And then you, I think you got your finger on it. There's, you know, I call it two ways of knowing. There's knowing, and then there's knowing in a way that makes a difference. And, and, and that distinction on the second part of knowing is you've done it. That, you know, if yeah. I just know it, yeah, give me the test. Where's the test? True, false, multiple choice, SAL. I can slam it. But the, until you know it in a way that makes a difference, you're not going to enjoy uh, the fruit. And, and, but there's no way you can get to that place without doing it. And, and it's, a, you know, it's a trial and error process. It's three steps forward, two steps back, you know, five steps forward, you know, six, seven steps back. And it takes, it's, it's, a, it's a ride for me anyway that's been excruciatingly wonderful in that order. <laughs> I love that. Right. And, and obviously through that, Walk, you got, you know, in your journey, I mean, you've de- developed uh, leadership skills. Which leadership uh, skill was the most difficult for you to develop? Oh, my God. Um, probably one or two come to mind. The first is the, the ability to just um, listen. Uh, with, and you, I think Corey said, without filling in the blank, uh, to listen without judgment. Uh, especially when I'm on the receiving end of somebody that's telling me something that's emotionally charged with judgment, and maybe I'm the subject that they're talking about. So they're, you know, they're they're in front of me and they're very emotional and they're confessing my sins to me. Um, and you know, how do I stay in that space, not let it hook my stuff? So all of a sudden, we're just all we're doing is taking turns blowtorching each other uh but right that's easy to try to to, to be in defense right oh, to put up walls yeah. and, and try to right know, to fire back like you said and you know you don't get to places that we get to without learning how to become well defended because you can you, you can get annihilated you know that you that you're you're tar- you're a bigger bullseye so it's not that i don't know how to be well defended it's i'm in a place now that well you know you, uh, you're entitled to have whatever opinions you're going to have of me, uh, and I'm going to let you have them, but I'm going to be mindful enough to not identify with, identify myself with your opinion of me because it's, frankly, it's toxic. Um, and, you know, and it's not that I'm perfect. You know, I got my stuff, but, you know, on a regular basis, there are people that I go to to confess my sins to, and I'm going to let you confess my sins. But, you know, I I can't take it personal. So as I'm getting older, as I'm getting more mindful, I I don't, I'm not uh, personalizing it as much. And when somebody is done, you know, with that cathartic dump, uh, to just be able to give them back what I heard them tell me 
without the judgment on it to go say, you know, like, it, and that's the paraphrase. That's the, and that took many, many years and I'm still working on that. And I don't bat a thousand. I mean, as many times as it, it's working in the moment, there are a number of times it isn't. I get hooked and all of a sudden I'm, you know, I'm batshit crazy. Uh, but I'm, I'm, uh, I, I wake up, I'm waking up sooner than I used to. I'm staying awake longer before, you know, falling back to sleep. And, you know, when you hang out with conscious people, I think that's what, you know, we become like those we hang out with most. I love that wake up sooner and, you know, stay awake longer. That's, that's, that's pretty awesome, man. I think I'm going to steal that. That's tattooable. Right. <laughs> <laughs> that's pretty incredible. Um, Michael, man, you've had a journey, man. That's uh, th- thank you again for being transparent, and thank you for uh, for sharing our story. Um, we'll talk about values a little bit. What uh, what what uh, what values are you most committed to, Michael? Well, uh, it's interesting. We just came back from a summit board meeting, and we were all kind of on retreat together, and we were just having that conversation that the 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 uh, you know our. our Look, we have the pulse of summit. Listen to that. <laughs> what is it? Peter would call it purpose, passion, and prosperity. So, you know, the purpose is, you know, start with why. Why? What is the why behind what we do? And is it a higher why? Does it go beyond making money? You know, it's changing the lives of people that we serve. And, you know, and then what are the values? What What are the values we need to be living? And values is to us just an idea that we would place supreme importance on. Uh, and, and so if, if our behavior is like, uh, uh, what do they call it, paired up to value, we're going to be behaving in a way that prospers ourselves and the people we serve. So the values would be, as you call it, transparency, uh, right. integrity, uh, uh, compassion, um, uh, a healthy sense of self-esteem, uh, which is different than, you know, being grandiose, uh, at risk of of sounding a little bit kumbaya love just to just really you know see the good in people even though what's coming out of them would appear to be contrary um when somebody is uh you know having their meltdown to uh to to stay uh responsible the ability to be more responsive and less reactive so those are the, the values. And then, you know, believing in believing in powers greater than me. You know, the, 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 the power of we is greater than me. So you know, the, my higher powers work a lot through people around me, people like yourself, people like my partners, you know. And so to just always be mindful of that, the, the, to me, when somebody says they're value driven, I think those are the, the ideas that uh, they're referring to. Another boom. Yeah, you know, like I never know where to go next because I'm just like I have to kind of like uh, absorb it in or, or kind of a uh, you know process. You <laughs> Thanks, like, Michael. Yeah. Thanks for that boom, boom. <laughs> we got boomed from the boom guy. Boom, boom, this morning. Right, that is, that, that's incredible. Man. So, so for our listeners, what are some of the uh, the career changing products that? Uh, that you would recommend for uh, someone uh, who wants to uh, try to get what we're talking about. I mean, you know what I mean? Like, yeah, yeah. Well, there's a, a couple that uh, Summit has this um, uh, some audio stuff called um, 
the, the pillars, the, the, the four pillars. And that's a conversation that happens. Be, I think we're all in the same studio for the same day at the same time having conversations. And there's, if I'm a salon owner that in a nutshell saying, I'd, I'd like to find out more about this, that, that would be some, you know, a, a, an audio resource that I'd be hanging out with. Um, Peter Mahoney and Glenn Baker and I just did something not long ago um, in Peter's class. Uh, he did a class on it at the symposium. Let me see if I if I can uh, if I can pull it up while I'm talking to you um, because that's a bit that that's that's one as well. Oh, the magic of momentum is what uh, that one's called. And then I have, you know, some of my partners did, did, did a favorite called the Associate Program, uh, 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 Get Smart, Intelligent Verbiage. I mean, if you just went on summitsalon.com and just looked in their product library. And then the other is that there's some free stuff that's really cool. Like, um, you know, if you, if you, if you uh, go to YouTube and, and you plug in Summit Salon, we've got a YouTube page with just a boatload of... Uh, you know, uh, uh, webcast, uh, you know, I'm, I do a lot of stuff there and, um, and you don't need to watch that, you know, Bluetooth, your mobile to your drive time. And it, it you, you could, it works as well as a podcast as it does as a, uh, as a webcast. So all of that resource now, and it continues to grow. So I, I, I just, there's a number of people when I meet them, they go, I struggle, but I like, what can I do? And I, well, what, you know, What's your drive time to work? Well, it's well, why don't just your 10 minute drive time to work, hang out with us in your car. And, you know, you don't need to listen to us on the way home, but it just maybe it'll set you up to have a better day than you would listening to whatever it is you're listening to. And uh, it works for a lot of people. Well, the magic of uh, the magic of the um, audio format is that it's all passive listening, right? You can do anything. I mean, I I cut my grass listening to podcasts or um, you know mainly history podcasts because I'm such a dork. But um, that's a uh, that's the magic of podcasts, you know. And and you know we actually have a challenge um, that we promote on Instagram, and that's like we want to see how you're passively listening to our podcast. So you know, please post pictures and videos of how you're passively listening to it. I mean, I think that's the magic of uh, of the audio format. Yeah. Know? Do you guys tackle uh, social media as well? I mean, as right now, social media is having a huge impact in our industry. In my own teaching now, I have done a major, major pivot to social media training. There's a there's a course that I, I helped to co-create co called uh, Summit Social Media Virtual Bootcamp, where uh, and you can get the info on summitsalon.com where you don't need to leave uh, your home. You can, you know, get on, uh, actually it's a zoom.com call and, uh, four one hour classes, uh, over, uh, four weeks to get, you know, really all things social anywhere I go now, uh, probably 75% of the conversation is what is social? How do you, how do you get yourself modernized around social media? How do you monetize social so that you can maximize the potential of it? Um, and uh, I'm one of probably a handful of people at Summit that are trying to stay out in front of it. And, and as you two know, it's, uh, it's, it's coming at all of us at Mach 5. So all of us have shortness of breath as we're trying to get our arms around this real fast-moving beast who has rapidly become the single most important key success factor 
you know, in the salon business. Hey, Michael, I don't know if I'm about to trip you up or if I'm about to give you a, a handoff, but um, you posted something a couple of days ago about, um, I think you said 2017 was the biggest change you've ever seen in the industry. Do you want to dive into that? Yeah, yeah. It, I've seen, you know, and people think I'm exaggerating, but I, I, I really, if you look at, uh, you know, where, where Instagram was even a year ago uh, to, you know, wh- wh- how, and when I say where it was at, well, you know, the, the innovators, the hairdressers that are true, true innovators, social media innovators, and people don't know what that means. I'm going, well, they're on Instagram and they're on a daily basis looking for the next feature of Instagram or looking and discovering what is the next new way of using Instagram to make money and brand themselves. And the, it's now, it's almost like a snowball where uh, it looks like it's evolved almost 20 years in, in one year. And, and you, the irony is, is the majority of people in the salon currently at best are wading into the pool. They're trying to figure out how do I download the Instagram app? Like how do you sign up for Instagram? You know, how do you navigate it? And in the meantime, uh, it's, it's moved and we're to a place now where old, is no longer being defined by age. It, no, no, no doubt. Yeah, it, it's, a, you know, to what degree do you understand how to use Instagram or Facebook or whatever your platform of choice is, how to use it to make a lot of money quickly? The uh, couple of weeks ago, we, uh, we talked to Eric Taylor, who is the, uh, the, the owner, the uh, innovator, the everything of Salon Republican and, in LA and he has, um, you know, he, he touches a thousand, you know, service providers a day. But, um, you know, one of the things that he did is he's actually, uh, he set up a photo uh, studio in each one of his salons. So, you know, even cause he said, you listen, not everybody's great at taking pictures. Those that are great at taking pictures are great at taking pictures, but those that are not, you know, he, he kind of helped them along. And, um, he just kind of set up, uh, a lighting corner, I think is what he called it, you know? And, um, so it, it's just where you have perfect lighting. So, you know, it's kind of like, going on a game show you stand in the x and you take off you take a couple pictures and uh boom there you go now they're in instagram ready yeah you would think a lot of salons would maybe adapt that because they can use that as well being sure. you know hashtag whatever mm-hmm. uh and you know it can go viral you never know you right? never know you know, right hashtags, the right people see it, and 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 who knows, you know. And and let's be honest, I mean, you know, we we're, we're people who love validation, and what better validation is there than to get like a like from a Michael Cole or something on you know one of your posts? You know, that's that's, right. that's incredibly validating. <laughs> you know, that's pretty awesome. You know, to your point, the social now in a salon, you know, you might have twenty percent of the people in the salon community within that salon that that are in the game. But they're enough in it that when they're giving that just the, the what we used to call having your picture taken is now a photo shoot. You know, so you, you know, you right. escort your guest, your client to this place. It's a kiosk. You know, there's seven poses. You know, we're taking 10, 15, 20 pictures. Mm-hmm. And meanwhile, other clients that are in the seats of hairdressers that aren't there yet are seeing this. And they're curious. It's almost like what glamour shots was, you know, 10, 20 years ago. And they're saying to their hairdressers, hey, like, uh, like, what do I got to do to like have that? That looks like an interesting experience. And if you're a hairdresser, that's not in it yet. Those are awkward moments, man. It's like, yeah, I, I need to get into this because it's getting I have more of my clients that are inquiring about it. And uh, 
and it can be daunting because if you were in it, if you were just getting in it a year ago, it, it, while it would have been effortful to learn, it would not be nearly as effortful if you're getting in it today. To, get, to go from no social to really into social, it's not a learning curve. It's multiple learning curves. And each one of those learning curves it has a trial and error part in it. And, and for a hairdresser that really hasn't been on a learning curve for a while because they've got it, they had all the traditional stuff figured out. It's like, oh, wow, I've got shortness of breath. And I think that's what's creating the opportunity to be social media educators. Well, they, um, you know, to go back to your point or to go back to our point, because I think I was part of that point too, that, um, you know, until you get to the point of um, you, you can't do it till you do it, right? You can't learn it till you've done it, until you, you do it. So you have to be committed to just at least try, you know, give yourself a 90 days. I think 90 days is fair. And just put up as many pictures as you possibly can. And you're going to learn a ton. You know, you're going to learn those poses and, you know, don't be a, uh, don't be embarrassed by the, the, the pictures that are, that, that you're putting up. Yeah. Right? Like we talked about earlier, you know what I mean? A lot of people, I think, especially older hairdressers, uh, I think their fear of the new technology, right. Or fear of the, uh, just, yeah, the, the, the whole social media game and they need to overcome that and, and, you know, push through that fear. Like we talked about earlier and, uh, and just do it. Yeah. Well, like the great, like the great Gary V says, technology doesn't care. <laughs> you know, technology doesn't care. It's, it's keep on moving. And, and I, I, the single fastest growing division at Summit now is the social media virtual coaching where to, there's so much to learn. You can go sit in a class or a two-day class and get it, but then you go home overwhelmed. You really, you need a coach to, I don't want to say hold you accountable, but a, a great coach will help you hold yourself accountable to go through the learning curve because it's, it like especially a technology learning curve, uh, it can be daunting. It certainly can, but you know, at, at the same time, it's, it's it's also so easy. You know, it's not that difficult. It, you know, the hardest thing is, is again combating that fear that you have, right? Like all, almost all cell phones have amazing cameras now. You know, and now with uh, with with ring lights and stuff out, I mean, they don't they don't give you the greatest picture, but 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 it's a it's a it's a place to start, right? And 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 it, it can uh. It's easy if you just commit to it being, well, easy, right? right. <laughs> Easier said than done. People that now the hairdresser is saying, look, if I, if I don't do this here pretty quick, I'm going to begin losing my clients to other people, like that, other hairdressers that are offering this experience. So, you know, nothing, it, 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 that, that motivates us to really change. I would call that, that's now starting to feel like crisis. Yeah. I, you know the awkward thing like once i started posting um, more pictures on instagram <laughs> my awkward moment was then you have uh, other clients coming in like what do i got to do to get on instagram and i'm kind of like oh, awkward <laughs> that's what he was saying <laughs> right but yeah, i mean even with my own clients and i'm like oh, oh, not everybody is uh right. you know instagram <laughs> instagram worthy. <laughs> i'm such a schmuck I michael like I, I feel like i've been at church today you know being preached at it was uh, in a service in a positive way right oh 100 percent. i don't want it to end but <laughs> i don't want it to end either you know? michael so uh one one last question before we uh we uh, we start to settle down what is michael and hold on mike i've got to set it up right there's there's no room for bullshit here so you know like world peace and all that we can, that can't be but um but is there a thing is there something that michael cole is absolutely obsessed with right now 
Uh, yeah, there's my, you know, I am, you know, if you can be OCD on anything, I probably have it. So, you know, I'm, I'm obsessive compulsive about a lot of stuff in my, in my career. It's just, I've become a, like a social media evangelist. Uh, how many, how many hairdressers that aren't in it yet? Can I help to get in it so that they, you know, can enjoy, um, enjoy the fruits from getting in it. And then there's in my philanthropic life, I just uh, am absolutely obsessed with um, getting to, I hang out uh, a day or so a week in uh, elementary schools, so kindergarten, first, second, uh, even third grade. I, I'm way interested in, because that's the part where we uh, are learning to read so that in the fourth grade, we can start using reading in order to learn. And there's too many kids that are going over that Rubicon that are not ready. Uh, they, they, so I'm working with companies now that are doing much better jobs at helping children to learn to read so that um, they're literate. Uh, and there's all kinds of stats now with you know prison populations and people that suffer from addictions. Um, one of the, they have many things in common. One of them is literacy gap. So that's kind of what drives my soul. Uh, when I'm not um, in the salon game, uh, evangel being an evangelical social media guy. Wow. You know, listen, that was supposed to be a light question. And once again, hey, give it to us, Michael. Give us the boom. Give us the boom. I, uh... <laughs> that's, Love it. that's absolutely incredible. So, Michael, I think we, uh, we make it official. Yep. Let's make it official. Uh, Mr. Michael Cole, the legend, the man, Michael Cole, thank you very, very much for joining us on your day off. Hey, hey, so there it is. Hey, this is a message that um, we've been trying to bring, I don't know, for the last couple of months, actually since we started the podcast. Hey, so if you like the podcast or if you find that it's useful, please, please, please leave us a review, a five-star review on iTunes. Um, leave us a rating and a review. But if you don't like it, forget about it. <laughs> yeah, totally forget about this message. We also want to thank Sarah and Blaine from Pretty Gritty. Uh, Sarah and Blaine, they are a band out of uh, Portland, Oregon, and we just want to thank them very much for allowing us to use their song, Pleased to Meet You, on our podcast. Um, that's cool. I think you can find, actually you can, you can find their music on um, on iTunes. Peace and hair grease. <laughs>